Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. Did you know that Al Pacino became a first-time father today at the age of 81? I did see that. <laughs> and my immediate thought was, I, I immediately did the math. When we reach high school, we're reaching late 90s, early late 90s. 100s. Yeah. What do you think compels a 29-year-old woman to have a baby with that man? Well, here's the thing, is that child is going to be cared for completely. It's like, it's not a thing where it's like, oh no, this is irresponsible. It's like, yeah, the child will mourn their father probably early in their life. But then they're kind of cool forever after that. It's Al Pacino. Yeah. If the woman gets remarried, then the child will have a new father figure. Yeah. And then the child will always be Al Pacino's son, which carries a lot of cultural cachet for when he ever wants to do anything creative, which no doubt he will. Oh. Yeah. Straight to Hollywood. Wow. 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 <laughs> and us, twenty, almost 29-year-old women, engaging in relations with a man of that age. I couldn't. No, 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 It's no, like no. that episode of Sex in the City where she's like, you know, everything feels the same when the lights are off. And then she like, the lights flicker on oh, right. his naked body. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm due for a rewatch. A summer rewatch. Yeah, it's, it's a big undertaking. It is. But it's always worth it. I do it annually, I feel like, at this point. Same with me with Gilmore Girls in the fall. Oh, me too. It just puts oh me right God, back there. That cozy. cozy. Oh. <laughs> Are you um, Jess or Dean or oh, Logan? Jess. Jess. Are you Damon or Stefan? Oh, my God. Okay, I've changed over the course of my Stop. life. Stop. You started it, Stefan? I started it, Stefan. And Damon. And now it's Damon. Same. Yeah. And initially, I was like, Damon disgusts me. Yes, same. And then now I'm like, it's absolutely all about him. That's where all the fun is. That's where all the fun is. Stefan is so boring. Serious, serious. It's like an Edward Cullen spec. (laughs) I introduced it to Chris. I introduced it to my boyfriend for the first time. He was watching it, obviously. We're talking, of course, about the Vampire Diaries. We didn't say that, but (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about the Vampire Diaries. I was like, you have to see this. He loves fantasy. I was like, this is fantasy, like, adjacent. And incredible way in. Yeah. And I was like, who's hotter, Stefan or Damon? And he was like, that's not even a question. Like, Damon is like way hotter. And that really shook me to my core. And I started seeing Damon in a whole new light because 14 year old me was so blonde, good guy. And now, obviously, I have changed my ways. No, you know what? Bad boy. You know what? I also think me at 14, similarly, it's like Stefan felt attainable in some Mm. way, like a boy you would actually encounter versus like, whenever are you, were you at 13 years old hanging out with like chiseled men? It's like, no, that's like nothing I've ever known. One of them just seemed like someone that like could be at a party that you were at. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, Stefan was in high school. Like yeah. he was the guy in high school. Well, it but, inspired me a lot, which brings me to what I have to ask you, my love. What oh has my inspired God. you this past week? Well, I have been working on being late and it's going well for me. Oh yeah. That was we left off last, last week. week. That's where we left off. What is inspiring me this Today week? Today you were bang on time. Thank like, you. To the- I was two minutes late. I, I checked my I checked my watch. I have to be I have to be transparent. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to the listener here. 
But all that aside, so I just wanted to give everyone an update that it's going pretty well and I'm trying really hard. But today, what is inspiring me is my grandma because it's her birthday tomorrow. Oh my God. She's had a renaissance. She just got a hip replacement and her and my grandpa have been going to a different ballet like every week, like opera, their schedule when I call them. Normally when I call them, it's like they're picking up. (laughs) Yeah. 10 times out of 10, picking up. But now they've been hard to get a hold of. And it's because they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. We were at the ballet again. And they've had like a different social like thing on the calendar for like every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday. They're having the time of their lives. They're booked. They're booked. They're completely booked with their best friends in the world. People they've known for 50 years. They are out on the town. I got a video of them dancing. So that's been inspiring me. And it's been inspiring me to like make plans with my friends. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, okay, I looked into the LA Symphony. I was like, why haven't I? Why haven't I? Yeah. Did you hear about the orgasm recently? I did hear about the orgasm. Would you like to explain? Yes. So there was a, was it Vivaldi? I'm trying to like remember what the show was. Um, But there was a symphony concert underway. And then um, in the midst of the music playing beautiful strings, stringing, a woman loudly climaxes in the crowd and someone caught it on video. Did you hear the video? No. Oh my God. It's like, it's funny, but then also if you were there, I think you would be rather uncomfortable. uncomfortable. You'd be like, "Ah." my initial thought was, is there help here either electronically or a partner or is it purely off the basis of the music alone? I don't know. The music alone. Interesting to me. Mm. Help with a partner. It's kind of like, you know, do that at a, movie theater where there's no one you know it's like have you no 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 but i'm just saying a packed yes symphony not the time not the place no but if it was to your point spur of the moment completely organic and spontaneous then that's that's interesting yeah being brought to climax by music alone by classical music alone that's like i sometimes feel like do i truly get classical music and no it's that's like, like you're special yeah it's like oh no you really get <laughs> it you are you see something yeah. yeah you see something that like most people do not see i have also seen people climax or nearabouts i hit the west hollywood bars hard on pride eve oh, uh, right on pride. yeah and i was just fascinated because usually you know there are always go-go dancers like naked men and they're always like having the best time i always look at it and think god what an incredible job Job. you're on a table you're dancing to literally the best music that's ever been created like pop classics you've got gaga you've got britney you've got christina like it's back to back to back to back mm-hmm. and you're just you're just moving and grooving in your own little world and then and then people just give you money like they just you just bend down and then they just they either hand it to you or they pop it in your little speedo you don't really have to get too up and in it if you don't want to like it's it feels very kind of Like, I've got my personal space. You've got your personal space. You're giving me some money because you're appreciating me dancing. Amazing. I have friends in New York, both who are go-go dancers, and they're dating each other. So fun. Hottest people in the world. The outfits are absolutely stunning and incredible. They are like, this is the best time. This was where it took a turn for me. Mm. So we went to a different bar, and suddenly the go-go dancing had just kicked up a notch to a whole new level in that... There were multiple men, but one in particular, who if you gave him a dollar and everyone was like, Beatrice, go, give him some cash. like, And I was like, you know, in any other context, I would, but not here because what you got in exchange for your dollar, literally just a dollar would buy you a full like penis to face, like hump sesh. Oh, and wow. then they took your hand 
and put it down the speedo into kind of the ball gooch area, one would assume. Then there was a full kind of squat situation where they whispered in your ear something. My friend said, he said, do you want to fuck after work tonight? That's what the go-go dancer said. And then there was like some, like a little close makeout, almost makeout session. Uh, so it was really, oh my God, it was I mean, really that's above and beyond. And then I see this one guy, he was beautiful to look at, had that very straight energy of like a gay porn where it's like, okay, that's Kelvin, my straight roommate. Sometimes we do stuff like that kind of mm-hmm. kickoff plot point. Mm-hmm. So my friend said to me, that guy is the hottest guy in WeHo. He's the most demand go-go <gasps> dancer in WeHo. Get this. He has a wife. And it just comes here to make the money. I see him wink at Chris. And then Chris kind of like catches his eye. And I just thought, you are two straight men in here winking at each other. <laughs> no one's getting anything A double out. blind study. Double like. blind study. <laughs> Basically, I, this is my inspiration. It was literal inspiration. I want to write a story about this, about like the straight go-go dancers of WeHo and what their lives look like. Oh, yeah. That's essential. That's essential. It's a reality show. Oh my God. Yeah, that's the new Vanderpump Rules. Oh my God. My God. Have you seen, have you watched? I've watched, I started it and I've seen like episodes here and there. And then I just recently have started the newest season so I can like be, you know, abreast of the news. Totally. As you should. But early seasons, it's really chaotic. I have to say it's like really intense. They're Mm. yelling at each other. I've worked in service. I've worked in bars and I'm kind of like, oh my God, like. Trauma memory. Yeah, this is bringing me back, but like not in a fun way. And also my coworkers were way nicer than this. Like, yes, they were sweethearts that cared for me when I had nothing and no one. And oh my God, my coworkers weren't. Really? They were like, oh, we are just passing through until we get cast. Damn. Yeah. But that's nice. Where were you working? Like what area of New York? Oh, I was in Chicago. Oh, this was the, all Chicago. Yep, I worked yep. at a diner to get started. I was hired there at 17. It was like a lot of Russian girls mm. who like tried to teach me how to like do my hair and makeup to get more tips. <sighs> my managers were strange though. My, my first manager is in jail right now for crimes. So what kind of crime? Withholding wages um, because my oh, checks would always bounce. White when I would, collar. Uh, yeah. White, but also some, well, I do think the diner was a front for something. Um, okay. So turquoise collar. I've explained this to someone recently that there was just a cinder block on the ground where we shoved the money. There was no till. There was no like accounting for the money. Like we brought our own, in our skirt, we had like dollar bills in case someone paid in cash. <gasps> and I would like give change like out of my money that like from my wallet, I would like take out my money and give people change and there was no till there was no accounting for like how much money came in and out at any given day and then at the end of the day we would like do like some random calculation that they taught us to do where it's like yeah like take like 10 percent of the sales and then just kind of shove that in this silver like cinder block container that you can't open it has like a slit in it oh i know those ones they're like um when you go and buy apples off the side of the road and then that you have like a little trust trust system where someone pays you, you hope they pay you in exchange for taking a bag of apples. Right, exactly. And it's a one-way shoot. It's a one-way shoot. Yeah. But this one weighed like 500 pounds. And so we couldn't, you couldn't just like pick it up and take it with you. Wow. What a life. What a life. What a life. The service industry workers of all shapes, sizes. Yeah. Uniforms. I know. Must go through. <laughs> and I mean, humble beginnings, everybody has them, including our star this week. We are, of course, talking about our fabled Canadian now director, writer, actor, but previously musician and pop star, The Weeknd. Yeah. 
Abel Tesfaye, as he's not known to anyone. No, I, said, yeah, I, <laughs> I said that name to Chris. He was like, I've never heard what of that person in my about? life. Vanity Fair, May 2023. The Weeknd remade pop music. Will the Idol remake The Weeknd? Okay, I do think we should also give some context for what The Idol is. Yes, if you haven't heard of it, it's a new HBO show that is currently out. We're two episodes deep. We are recording this heads up, you know, caveat. We are recording this prior to its actual premiere, but it has debuted at Cannes, which means that we have all the reviews already. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is really marking a shift from the weekend from pop sensation to Hollywood star, Hollywood mogul, so to speak. And he's now going by his real name, Abel Tisfaye. God, what a time to catch him at. I think this is why I was drawn to doing such a recent profile. Usually we go way back into the archives. This is a real shift in culture. I think that it's something that we could look back on this in five years and be like, oh, wow, that really was a moment where like he went in this direction. Lady Gaga before A Star is Born, like before she like made this whole other foray into the career. But also Lady Gaga is like absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. And but I just think it's interesting to catch people as they're transitioning, as they're moving into something else. And we don't don't know how it's going to go. Oh my god, so interesting. So it's written by um, a Vanity Fair staff writer, which we also don't get to see that often. Usually it's like contributing editors, you know, novelists, someone who's been paid to come in and interview someone. So this guy's on staff, Dan Adler, and he's cut his teeth on some pretty huge stories. He's followed a lot of trials really closely, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Jeffrey Epstein's ex-partner, and the Tory Lane's Megan The Stallion assault trial. But he also broke what is... One of the sickest investigative pieces I've read. Do you remember Hillsong? Oh, yes. The famous celebrity church that I guess tried to make Christianity cool (laughs) by recruiting the likes of like Justin Bieber, Kourtney Kardashian, you know, Selena Gomez. And the pastor has been kind of parodied so many times now in so many shows. (laughs) But he was the cool guy with tattoos and a guitar. And then it truly all blew up. So he had an extramarital affair after, by the way, allegedly, couples counseling Selena and Justin only months before Justin would end up proposing to Haley. So one might assume that Justin was advised to go into marriage from this pastor. And in fact, people have assumed as such. But it basically, Dan Adler dove deep into the church culture and found allegations of racial and gender bias, workers going without pay. And of course, Carl Wentz had an affair to kind of top it off. So it was really not practicing what he preached. And it's just come out on Hulu as a, as a four part doc. So you can really see that. So Dan Adler is an impressive individual. This is what I say. Yeah. I love his work. I love his work. So many of the recent stories where I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? It's him. It's him. I really loved, loved this profile. Whew, this really tickled tickled my whiskers in a, in a few different ways. But he goes back in time. He really reintroduces The weekend, which I appreciate. His parents came from Ethiopia to Canada um, amid civil war. And then they kind of settled in a small apartment. His dad left early on. And he was raised in Scarborough, a suburb of Toronto, which I'm from. That's where my parents, grandparents immigrated during the Civil War. um, And we moved to a little tiny apartment there. And that's where I grew up. That's where I had my you're beginning. in such good company. Do you know. know how many famous people have come out of that one suburb? Mike Myers. Yes. Well, and 
the weekend, my uncle went to high school with the weekend. No, it's amazing. It's literally like a talent factory, this tiny suburb, it seems. Um, I mean, look at me. Yeah, look at, <laughs> look at look you. At me. <laughs> look at you. You're right up there. I know. You're right on par with this man. Um, <laughs> but he basically, in mid-2009, started anonymously releasing music on YouTube. And it was kind of under this XOXO moniker and no one knew who the fuck he was. He would just teamed up with a producer and their goal was like an R&B project. I think he said he originally wanted to go into film, but he found out he could sing and it seems like an easier route and kind of credits his name to dropping out of school, taking his mattress and leaving one weekend and never coming home. Uh, <laughs> but he was working at American Apparel and due to his anonymity, his coworkers would literally listen to his music and not know it was him. Whoa. Which what an experience. That's so sexy. Yeah, that is. That's really fun. He gave no interviews until after his first three mixtapes, which again, nuts. Every artist wants press as soon as possible. And then in less than 10 years would perform solo at the Super Bowl. That is a real climb. And we forget, but 10 years is a very short amount of time for that all to happen. No, totally. And and obviously, in the meantime, you also know him from dating Bella Hadid on and off for four years. And of course, Selena Gomez, about whom he wrote My Dear Melancholy, his little mixtape where he really put her on blast. And yeah, he's just he's just out here with veneers right now. That's oh my how God. we know him. Oh, my God. <laughs> He has the most veneery veneers. Have you noticed when people get veneers, they've never smiled in their life and suddenly they're smiling constantly. Yeah, huge grin. Huge grin. This is very much what's happening. I mean, even even if you look at the photos from the shoot, which, by the way, was shot by Mark Seliger. Seliger? I don't know. But he's famous for those really hot Jennifer Aniston photos from the 90s. He's just like a... He makes people look gorgeous. And like like oiled kind of. Yeah. Very glossy yeah. type of way. And The weekend does. He was shot here at his home jamming out and looking hot with his dogs, which. It's a good look. It's a good look. I mean, so usually this part, we talk about the cultural context of the profile. Oh my God, you're right. We're living <gasps> it, baby. So I'm going to talk about the idol. Yeah, no, I know. That's perfect. That's totally perfect. By this point, you will have seen it if you have interest in Lily Rose Depp. But it's at 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, just off the back of critical reception alone. The woman who was originally supposed to direct, Amy Simetz, nearly finished the project and then the work was scrapped and then the production was taken over by Sam Levinson, who wrote and created it with The Weeknd. He is the creator of the show Euphoria. But I just like, I just pulled out a bunch of headlines because I'm kind of obsessed with every time it hits the news. It's an iteration of Lily Rose Depp snorts her way to stardom. Like it's just so bleak. <gasps> oh my God. And then reading like the Rolling Stone review, who was actually the outlet to first publish all these claims that the set was literally toxic, chaotic, insane. Having not watched it, having seen what you've seen and heard what you've heard, what is your first impressions? Okay. I have heard a lot of things about Sam Levinson. Just that like, how do I put this? I feel like it's like the stuff that's public in terms of like the Nepo baby of it all and the like male gaze of it all. So wait, remind me who is his nepotistic connection? He's the son of Barry Levinson, who's a like Academy Award winning director. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His dad made Rain Man. That's right. (laughs) And, And he's also a producer. So yeah. So it's like, I liked Euphoria. Mm hmm. I liked it, but then I also see 
the critiques glamorizing drugs sex violence yes exactly exactly and like nudity and like is it necessary yeah for sure and especially with regards to sydney sweeney who had like an unbelievable number of topless scenes for no apparent real reason which like giving her like power in her own right she's talked about how like she's been totally fine with it and she has like no problems and even her grandparents love it so awesome like you've that's got fabulous. sick tits so you just gotta like why not why not i'm i'm so curious i have to watch the idol i will watch because i like everyone else have am so interested in lily rose depp and like the whole the whole deal there and i find her beautiful i love the photos of her and timothy chalamet making out on the yacht mm. i just like i'm interested and i also i'm just interested in a pop star story that's like something that like would attract me no matter what so I'm curious, but I've heard it's terrible, but I'm so curious. No, for sure. I think that has been an interesting critique is that it's jumped off the pop star narrative in a way that you would think empowers those who have been victims of the industry, but instead has gone the other way. Uh-huh. Rolling Stone says we've already seen enough to clock that the series has fallen into a series of traps. It has mistaken misery for profundity, stock perversity for envelope pushing, crude caricatures for sharp satire Uh. toxicity for complexity nipple shots for screen presence (gasps) that's really good what i'm like who wrote that that? who wrote that i know absolutely i love that absolutely skewered them and there's enormous consensus across the reviews so we're coming off the back of this and it begins on the night of the oscars in march abel tisfaye had the larry sanders show on in his kitchen so Larry Sanders' show is like a fictional late night talk show, but it's very, if you've seen like the other two on HBO. Or like, oh, which is amazing. It's like peeling back the curtain on the industry. It's become his favorite TV show. He says it's groundbreaking. It's like the birth of that behind the scenes meta comedy type, like The Office and Arrested Development and all that, where it feels like it's blurred between what's real and what's not i find that funny coming from someone within the entertainment industry who's obviously had experiences being on talk shows and you know late night shows it is a funny choice no it's funny it's so navel gazy in such a niche way it's like something that's made about him but not necessarily for him totally but he's treating it like but you're like i can still laugh yeah 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 (laughs) he loves it clearly we get into his whole background he dropped out of his toronto high school dragged his mattress out of his mother's apartment worked at american apparel and then his fucking stratospheric rise the top of the charts stadium tours obviously playing the super bowl and all with the most bizarre subject matter that's probably ever pervaded pop music in the sense of coke off titties <laughs> like just talking about hard partying and sex and drugs and like basically there are a lot of parallels in the idols script and the weekend's kind of early music that dan adler makes connections to first off and that's a very valid point that dan makes he says like you know this house of balloons his first ep that was super super sinister and left you feeling like empty and numb even though it was quite sexy the lyrics were just kind of like don't blame it on me girl because you wanted to have fun your mind wants to leave but you can't go like it's kind of Mm -hmm. it is dark and twisted but there's no emotion there yeah are you a fan of his music yes so i am like i've I've loved him for a long time and he makes an interesting point about how he's become mainstream and his sound has become mainstream where it used to be counterculture and Mm -hmm. it's bizarre to see that happen where he's like, I'm now a mainstream artist. I used to be like a cult artist. But I know I do love him, but it is so interesting to see someone who really should have been relegated to 
the alt indie R and B. It's like a Tovlo thing, but like Tovlo, like mm. who similarly writes about like drugs and sex and like glitter and parties and sweating on people. But she very much remains in the like indie alt like. But the weekend is so explicit. Do you like the way I flick my tongue? Like it's that it's explicit. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know party party upbeat, but with a darker energy. No, that's through true. It. So it's it's really nuts that he has had this like commercial success. Commercial success, and also he's so well known to every generation. Like my dad loves him, thinks he's the voice really? of a generation. Yeah, thinks he's brilliant, like Prince spec. Oh and my god, she, stop! Yes, yeah. I, I just find it interesting. I think he. He used pop stardom as like a challenge. He started working with, which is so interesting, Max Martin. He wrote, oops, I did it again, baby one more time for Britney Spears. He is very much the top of the game when it comes to creating a hit. And The Weeknd started working with him back in 2014 to basically test his theory that he could become a pop star, which again, that's how I think of like projectizing. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Then the New York Times magazine ran a profile of him in 2015 with the headline, Can the Weeknd Turn Himself into the Biggest Pop Star in the World? Which, doesn't that just come back to our profile? The Weeknd remade pop music, will the idol remake The Weeknd? Like, it's like, who can he be next? Yeah. What, what will he do? What will he do? Which height will he elevate to? Oh, because he also had a cameo in Uncut Gems, right? Yeah, he did. And that was yes. his foray into acting. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dan writes, the matter resolved itself. Beauty Behind the Madness, the first album The Weeknd released with Martin that year in 2015, was like my answer to the naysayers saying he can't make it. Dan writes, not all of Tesfaye's songs are purely nihilistic. They are his ballads, his 2016 song, Die For You. And then, I love this line, there are his periodic states of the union where he sizes up his own trajectory. He issued perhaps the most defining statement of purpose on Reminder. <laughs> the year prior, he basically won like a Teen Choice Award for Can't <laughs> Feel My Face. And then... In Reminder, he said, I just won a new award for a kid's show talking about face numbing off a bag of blow. And I'm like, God damn, bitch, I'm not a teen choice. (laughs) And it's like true. Like, but you did this, baby, in that he was like, can I do this? And then he did. And then he felt trapped by it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember I projectized popularity in the first year of university. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to see, you know, what happens here. And I fell in with like a group that just really, we didn't have that much in common. And they were all like incredibly beautiful from wealthy families. And once I was in there, felt weirdly trapped, trapped and unseen (gasps) and unheard and not myself. And oh man, I feel like that happens all the time. For sure. It must. And I feel like that happens even like in a work sense. It's like we like work and work and work and work to get like some sort of like milestone. And then once you're there, then you're like, wait, 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 wait. Like I just blindly climbed and now I'm trapped. Yeah. You blindly climbed as a challenge and, and here you are in, in a realm that kind of doesn't suit you. And that's kind of where he's wound up. He's always looking for a new goal. Okay, my my theory is that he is now like projectized hotness. So Whoa, say more. As someone who's never really been considered hot, yeah. despite having these like very sexy girlfriends. He's no Sean Mendes. He's no Shawn Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest man in entertainment. That's true. But come on, he's not a Sean Mendes. No, he's not. 
I think between the veneers and I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the post of him? Wait, I'm going to show you. No, live. I haven't seen it. I oh have not so seen it. So he posted this to his Instagram and it went viral on Twitter. <laughs> oh, so oh no, he posted this. He posted this. Oh no. He's stroking his oh, beard. Don't he do gives this. the camera a laugh. Uh, ha, ha. He bites <laughs> his lip. Okay, it's a number of lip bites, and it's that. Okay, how would you describe that move? The like the beard stroke, the beard stroke, but it's like around the, hands, the mouth, around it's like, the mouth. It's like wiping the mouth beard stroke. It's like and wiping it how you would wipe if you just had a juicy burger. Yes, but you haven't. But you haven't. And I think the implication is that he's juicy. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. He is really beautiful. No, he is really beautiful. He's really gorgeous. But this is what I'm saying. This is. New. New. New, yeah. I think this has been his latest project, like between the idol, between the last album, he has projectized. He was like, let's get hot. And there's part of me that's like, you go. Like, that is yeah, the American I mean, dream. I feel like, okay, do you do that? I kind of do that, but only, okay, we do that with our closets. We've done we that. Projectized shoes. I did a projectized shoes. And then bags. I projectized luggage. I did hair recently. That's like, hmm. I projectized like figuring out curly hair. Okay. Which I feel like I've spoken about on the pod. Yeah. And then. So, but he did it all at once. That's really what, what the magic is. Because it's like you and I, I and most people who are not celebrities cannot go into their home and emerge looking totally different. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's not even that he looks totally different. He just looks so much better so quick, So quickly. Totally. Yeah. 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 Because, it, yeah, I think like subtle work. It's like subtle when, work. when you get a nose job, I'll have to ask my It's doctor. hard for me to tell. I think, yeah. I just interviewed a plastic surgeon to the stars and he was like, you wouldn't believe who's come in here. Who oh. ha- who, you wouldn't believe who has a nose job. Totally. No, I think, I think this is. Yeah. Really? I, I, perhaps. Oh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, we'll possibly. Yeah. And the vibe that I get from this profile of him talking to Dan is that music wasn't necessarily the passion. Like he wanted to be seen mm. and be heard and be understood, but music didn't necessarily have to be the vehicle to do that. It just was the easiest. Sounds a little like MIA to me. Oh, true. Just being like, this was just like the avenue. Like I'm a creative and I have like ambitions, but like music was just like one way to communicate that. I think it's, I think I relate to it. And like MIA has also done like documentary stuff, like was like doing film. I feel like there are musicians and then there are creatives. Yeah. And I think that sometimes creatives are musicians. He's the latter. He's the latter for sure. And we're jumping ahead here, but he does have a quote saying there's a lot of musicians that are not as famous that can fucking out dance and out sing me for sure but they can't do what I do as the weekend and that's true I do think that there, some people just like have a special thing I think he's one of like he just has it it he does he has I mean it. there is a there's a blind spot here in terms of his famous relationships because they have been so closely connected to his career and his rise. I mean, him and Della. That's true. That's very true. And him and Selena. I don't understand. What do you think is going on there? Like, where did they meet? Like, what what keeps those people together? Selena? Selena the weekend, Bella in the weekend. Like, both I don't really understand. But maybe, I don't know. Bella felt very aligned with the weekend's, like, type, which was the very skinny model girl. Really? If you look at his music videos, they are all pretty much stock standard. Yeah, Bella Hadid. And she appeared in one of his music videos as well. But that just felt like it was very right. It was like, I'm the new superstar. You're a model on the rise. That's so true. That does make sense. And then Selena was like, that felt like a testament to the challenge of like, okay, now I'm a pop star. I'm with a pop star. 
Wait, I need to share a piece of information, which is that I was speaking about Bella Hadid the other day to Stephen, and he said, who is that? I was like, wait, you know who that is. And he was like, no, like, I don't know what she looks like. Like, I've heard the name, but I like if if someone were to line up 10 women, I would not be able to pick out Bella Hadid. And I was like, oh, my God, I did not realize. I forgot. I lost myself. You forget. Like I no, I've had a similar experience where I met a friend of Chris's and had no concept of what Kylie Jenner looked like and goes, I've heard the name. I've heard the name. I've heard the name. I've heard the name. But if I were to see her, I wouldn't know her. And I was like, how on earth? It's shocking. And I guess like you have to be plugged into pop culture in some way to understand like what the weekend dating Bella Hadid and Bella Hadid as his muse means. Yeah. And how it, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's a lot of songs that are allegedly about her. And then when he dated Selena, obviously he put out the little EP afterwards uh, where he talks about or alludes to almost giving her a kidney. Imagine. (laughs) Imagine if he did. I know. I mean, she made a good decision. She'd be locked to that man for life. It's like, yeah. There's nothing like getting an organ. No, that's tough. That's tough to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. That ties you. Dan writes, he has been very famous for more than half his career and hasn't sought to propose a notion of what fame means. All the public personality really is in the songs. He's more apt these days to describe this as artifice, but remains happy to leave questions of his real life unanswered. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to tell you literally anything about his real life, which does beg the question of kind of like, who is he outside of all this? And that seems to be the running theme, like anchoring this profile. It's like, Okay, but who is this guy? This is a guy who now wants to be known for his own name. And also it seems like his taste. Yeah. Like it comes up again and again. Like he talks about how he loved Tar and he was like so impressed with um, Kate Blanchett. He talks about how he loves um, – I thought this quote was interesting where he was like, I do love a dark story, whether it's Greek mythology, whether it's Shakespearean tragedy, whether it's a fucking Chan Wook Park film. I enjoy what makes me feel. It makes me react. And it's like – so many of his quotes here are communicating his taste and no, how he's there like are a, so many deliberate references to shows and film and things. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm in it. Like I'm in this world. Like if you thought that I was just listening to music, I'm not, I'm watching movies. I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping up. Like I know the directors of today, which I think is interesting. It's like one way to go about this of like categorizing who you are by just basically assuring people that, well, I'm not going to get into my personal life so much but you can trust me because here's my taste no this truly is this is a big disparity i think yeah. that that emerges in the piece and by no fault of the writer's own is that he very deliberately opens the piece with the weekend's real name he starts the piece with abel he doesn't say the weekend and there is this hope in the reader that you're going to find out who this guy is beneath it all in the same way i feel like we, we found out who drake was in that gq profile like it really cut to the quick and we kind of learned who we were dealing with the weekend we learn so little about who he is like he's so careful with what he's choosing to share and to your point it's like is he hoping that someone at Kate Blanchett's publicist is going to call her and be like, Katie, babe, <laughs> guess what? The weekend just mentioned you in Vanity Fair. Like, what is it a networking opportunity? What is it? Because he doesn't give us much. So Dan calls him kind of one of the last pop stars left, which he's not wrong. If you think about the echelon of fame and, well, just stadium acts, right? You've got Taylor, you've got Gaga, 
you've got Ariana and you've Beyonce. You, Beyonce and then like The Weeknd. Like The Weeknd is, Weeknd and Drake kind of are aligned in that now. I've seen him play arenas twice. He's like, I've always had to bet on myself even before I was The Weeknd just in life. As soon as I got out of my mother's womb, it's been bet on yourself. It's not going to be easy, you know, and I'm fine with that. So we're about to get into the pivot to the idol. He wrote with Levinson directly, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize they literally wrote it together. I kind of thought he was the face. Mm-hmm. Levinson moved into his house. I mean, it sounds so fun to create a television show about like whatever you want. At the point that you have like the name and the funding and the like whatever. Like, Oh, they had a carte blanche from HBO. Yeah. Like they had an unlimited budget. I think it was like it started at around the 50 million mark. I mean, Troy Sivan's in this. Like, I know. You know, Harry Neff. Yeah, it's a star-studded cast, and it's an interesting... It's like a cool cast. It's, it's a very, a very cool, cast. cool cast. And Lily Rose Depp, I think she's very talented. Yeah. I'm, like, so curious to see what she does with it. She's openly queer now, you know. She's no, getting all seven shake. Wow. I know. Which feels like a great pivot away from Timothée Chalamet. Yeah, I know. Do you... Wait, does he do something for yeah, you? Yeah, I was just gonna ask <laughs> you. <laughs> mm. I mean, The weekend's music is all about, like, crushes and crushing. I feel like it only makes sense that we talk about crushes... He doesn't do it for me. I don't want to have to fuck myself up in case I have to profile him one day. Oh my God. Oh, you're right. Yeah. We do have to be, yeah. Do you find him hot? Does he? I do. Okay. I do. But it's mostly really in what like it a is. Victorian orphan kind of way. Yeah. And I think it's more like me at 13 would have found him really hot. Mm. Like if he was the celebrity at the time, Same. it's like I'm honoring a past version of myself. It's like, this is who you would have a crush on. Like this is who you hoped you'd see at parties and you never did. Do you feel like the Kylie to Matei alliance hits for you i don't think it's real is it real wait are you serious well yeah i'm sure it's real it it doesn't do anything for either of them really like for it to be a pr relationship what yeah you didn't think it was real this whole time no i thought that no i I think they try they've tried to keep it under wraps for a a minute really maybe what are they talking about victim of the machine stormy timothy chalamet holding stormy no she has two babies can you imagine timothy no father a father yeah that's a child can you imagine if he's on the show? How funny that would be. <laughs> kind of an amazing We crossover. see him like leaving Kylie's house. It would be like, like, that's <laughs> even more than Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I think, the ick that I'm talking about. Yeah. It's very like, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever, no, the only interviews that I've heard of is of him speaking French. <laughs> no, that is, that is impressive. Um, it is very hot to know other languages. And it's rare. For sure. For sure. It is rare. Especially Americans. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to be so fucking brutal. brutal, brutal today. No, because you, obviously you're not. You don't have the accessibility to Europe of like a UK. I'm gonna stop digging my. I'm like, oh my god, in a hole. <laughs> we, us losing subscribers. Literally, people one star. Yeah, how dare you call me solo lingual? We do have one one star rating. Do we? We do. I bet it was. Stop. <laughs> that's cut. That's being cut. That's being cut. Or that's being bleeped. Yeah, I think okay, we can is believe better. that. We'll we bleep, can it. bleep it. We'll bleep it. It probably was. Yeah, probably. Probably. How, how did you see it? Is it on Apple? Or it's, it's on Apple. Oh, yeah, no I way. looked and I went, wait, why is our rating only like, it's like 4.7 or whatever. And then I was like, oh, it's because of the one star rating. But that's okay. That's okay. We're not if here someone... to be like, we're not here to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> if someone cared enough to give us one star, like listen to an entire episode and came away with one star, like that's enough. That's enough for me. That's, That's constructive true. critique. No, I agree. Because you have to listen to the episodes before you give the rating. They don't let you rate it until you finished an episode. Please rate. Yeah, and Thank subscribe. Thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> Where are we? Um, we are working in the idol where... Yeah, talk- yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They yeah. moved in together. He describes Tedros, which is his character, that, by the way, he never meant to play. He was never supposed to be in it. But oh, Sam- I didn't know that. Yeah, Sam Levinson apparently convinced him. He said, Tedros is that super ego that we as men want to stay away from as much as possible. That's inside of us, and we just got to kill that. Jocelyn is a famous pop star. The people around her and her ethos and her community, they're all inspired by things I know about the music industry. I'm not playing myself, but those characters can live in the weekend's universe. So listen to this. Dan writes, he arrived here using sexual subjugation as his recurring focus, folding it into his songs. Questions of consent and misogyny circled Tesfaye's work more often at the beginning of his career. And I think this is where a lot of the critique is coming from because people have also projected that image onto him, especially because when this Rolling Stone article came out, which literally quoted a production member saying it's, it was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show. Yeah, I really didn't like it. Yeah. I really don't like that. Yeah. That really stresses me out. And I know, yeah, they call it like torture porn. It's, so that's the thing. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not playing myself. This character exists in, you know, my mind. Hollywood's a dark place, which makes great art. And it's like, okay, but when is it exploitative? And also when is it unnecessary i'm curious to see if jocelyn is the main character in that like we're watching things happen to her or if we're watching think like her decide to do things and like dude i think it's the former yeah i think things are happening I, to her yeah so i don't know if you saw his response to the rolling stone article Mm-mm. he posted a clip from the idol talking about how Rolling Stone is irrelevant and Jocelyn shouldn't do a cover. You've seen it. Wait. Yes, I did see it. I'm remembering. It's all coming back. Yeah, yeah. So he says, speaking of that response, he says, I thought the article was ridiculous. I wanted to give a ridiculous response to it. He then talks about how he feels sorry for the original female director who got like dragged into it, Amy. And he's like, oh, she's probably like, why am I a talking point in all this? And then they just say that she couldn't be reached for comment, which I was like, incredible. Because if there truly were no hard feelings, she'd be like, oh, like Mm -hmm. it was all good. There was just a difference in creative expression and I kept it moving. Never. Never the case. And it's also, yeah, I can't imagine anything. Like I know that, happened in the last season of Big Little Lies with Andrea Arnold, where she like shot the entire show. And then they were like, um, no. And then they brought in a man and he like reshot everything and redid it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Big issue. And like, it was sad. And and a lot of people talk about how like the Andrea Arnold cut is like, people would pay so much money to see her cut of the second season. Oh my God, I would love that. I mean, I'd love to see the initial version of the show. Mm-hmm. Abel was really personally offended by this article mm-hmm. in which like he could have kind of pled ignorance, but I think his ego wouldn't have allowed that. Like he wanted to be so in it as a creator that he, and star, obviously. He says to Dan, like the, the story is an indictment on his character and the subtext is this. These are rapists trying to make a rape fantasy. Like The weekend's like, how dare you kind of accuse me of mm-hmm. of being such a bad guy he ends up saying you know like i'm literally a homebody i'm home with my dog and my close friends and my family i get myself out of trouble as much as i can i try not to stay at the party too long i'm not that guy mm-hmm. so that's dude that's probably the the juiciest detail we get about his personal life that is like literally the most revelatory statement he makes like really what i 
die to know is what life was like when him, Sam Levinson, Sam Levinson's wife, Ashley, moved into the house while they were like making it. So they wrote upstairs and Ramsey, who I don't know if this can stay in or not, but is an ex-girlfriend of someone I know. (gasps) Stop. And like wrote songs in the home studio for Jocelyn. Yeah. I died to know what that was like. Yeah. Like, take me in. Yeah. Take me in. But also it does feel like a you just had to be there kind of thing. For where sure. It's like, how does one extract that information? I don't know. Here's where Dan brings in Sam Levinson's perspective, who basically describes Abel as like a, a lovely guy who's super sensitive and they really connect. Sam Levinson famously had a very serious drug problem and most of Euphoria is based on his experiences being an addict as a teen. Abel was also on drugs, I guess, at some point in time, but he won't even give a bite. He says, I was obviously a kid going through something before saying it was a dark time. I don't like going back to it, which feels very incongruent with what the idol is because you would expect a piece of work like this to come from someone who is quite literally done the work who's on the other side of stardom or at least has enough perspective and distance on the sex drugs rock and roll of it all to create something that's very nuanced and has a real emotional undercurrent but instead i think this is the takeaway and what dan's trying to say here is that it's all spicy for spicy's sake he's like i don't like to go back to my drug problem but i guess if i did it would heal something it's like yeah, dude, maybe you should have gone back for the purpose of this show that you've written. It makes me feel like when 22 year olds write memoirs, it's like, you know, even if you have like the juiciest story of all time, you haven't sat with it long enough to have the themes revealed to you where you're writing something with that perspective. Like you said before, it's so interesting to think about what the possibility for this show could be if he waited. There is a different reason to sympathize with our lead character than the one that's just like, well, she's on drugs and she's she's, she's crazy. crazy. She's acting crazy. She's acting- <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. What's she going to do next? I mean, in writing and in film and all of those things, like perspective really often is what makes like the magic. It's like when you're able to think of the story as more than just like the plot points or the events that occur where it's like, yeah, and then she takes her top off and it's like, no, but why why like what purpose does this serve what reason does this exist like why why Mm -hmm. and it seems like in all the reviews the idol does not answer the why question of like well but why this story (laughs) he says if i direct that's what i'm gonna do i'm not gonna be the weekend and then his friend who pops up a few times in this profile i think lamar taylor is his name goes abel says a lot of things but at the same time i'm like dude shut the fuck up which i'm like everyone needs that friend like everyone oh yeah i have friends that keep my feet on the ground when i am pushing myself way too hard yeah or or just being kind of insane insane when i'm like actually i'm gonna write a trilogy it's like okay cool well why don't you just calm down and have lunch like (laughs) he's like i'm done with the weekend this multi-billion dollar industry his friend's like okay but like let's come let's be real here (laughs) in terms of income streams we're gonna want to keep this thing going you know i do feel like because he's someone whose music i listen to but i never really looked into like the personality behind the music i feel like i learned a lot from this profile I think that he is clearly in a major life transition. That's where we leave off. The last paragraph reads, I paraphrased to him something he'd said in one of his earliest interviews when he was first shedding the mask, or at least a mask. And apparently Abel said, 
I think that's why my career is going to be so long because I haven't given people everything. Okay. I actually want to talk to you about this on a philosophical level. What? More and more, the older I get, I realize how important it is to not give everything away. Mm. I think back to some of the personal essays that I wrote early in my career about friendship breakups or like dating or whatever it was. Like now I'm like, I should not have shared that. I should not have given all that away. And I am more and more conscious of it. And I think it does make for longevity of career to be very careful with what you share, not just like in a public way, but also with people around you. Where do you stand on that? I think that we came from the generation of oversharing. Like we were raised in the Facebook age of statuses and tweets. And obviously now there's like TikTok, which is like, come along with me as I get my hair cut. I think it can be really beneficial as a collective to share. Like I think storytelling is the way we learn and the way we move forward. When it comes to me personally and sharing, I think it can be really strategic and valuable, but I think it has always proven to me the biggest connection point. Like in all my interviews, I will share about myself, every single one. Mm. And it makes them feel more comfortable and willing to be vulnerable. In terms of like a, a public sharing in a public space, that's not something I have ever loved to do. I look back at old articles, vice articles where my photo is in it. And I'm just being buck wild from a first person perspective. And I kind of feel a little bit sick mm-hmm. that my internet trail goes so goes so long and hard and rides so deep. But I think sharing is a really powerful tool. But do you know what? I've not necessarily shared any less, but I've been more discerning in terms yeah. of who I'll share with. And yeah. for certain things that are like really sacred to me Mm -hmm. projects that I'm working on that I'm like still figuring out there's actually no reason to Mm. tell someone this until you know what it even is it's like there is something really magical and something it seems like the weekend tapped into so young to be cool with that anonymity of like I'm making things in my room and I'm releasing them and like the point is not that my coworkers at American Apparel know who I am. It can cheapen it, I think. Well, I think it's also a self-belief, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be so sure that it's good, that you don't need feedback. Mm-hmm. Or you need to keep your circle so tight that it's like, okay, this is who I'm going to go to, who's going to give it to me straight in terms of like whether or not this has legs. And clearly he had that. He had those two or three close collaborators and those were the people he was, you know, going to. And then outside of that, he could literally be this blank canvas. It's a really sexy, it's a sexy way to move. It has like integrity where the point is not the fanfare or the placement. Now so many stars, I mean, you and I know, pay to be featured in publications. Yeah. And he totally did not do that. He was like, I don't know interviews. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where it's backfired because now we're like, who is this guy? He's all glitz and glamour and teeth. And the anonymity was really chic for a long time and definitely built up the mystique the way that sells records. But now it's like, okay, you're moving into an industry of storytelling that is deeply, deeply personal and rooted in emotion. And we don't know what you're trying to do. Are you just trying to cash in? Are you here for the clout? What are you doing here? He's asking for us to be vulnerable and take him seriously when he's not necessarily giving us anything in return. I feel like the issue with the idol is everyone is like, what are your intentions with this girl? Right. Like, what are your intentions here? What yeah. are you trying to say? Yeah. He's, he needs to be more forthcoming at this point in time. He's reintroducing himself as Abel Tisfaye and he has to give us 
something more. And him saying my career is long because I haven't given people everything I think was possibly true in 2015, but eight years later, it's like, okay, so what kind of career do you want to have now? Do you want to have one that is closer to your authentic self, that's closer to the truth? Okay, then I think we need to take off the, the armor a little bit. Yeah. It's a big life to have lived by 33. Yeah. You know, does, does he want a family? Does he want to settle down? Like, is he religious? <laughs> What's his political affiliation? What does he believe? How does he move with his money? Does he like to spend? He has a $69 million house. What is his value system? That's what I want to know. Of the touring artists that you mentioned at the beginning of like the stadium touring artists, all of the people that you mentioned have one, if not more documentaries, like intimate documentaries where we're like sitting next to them, making something or rehearsing. The music was, I mean, even though the themes were dark, it was very surface level. You never got to the root of this person. All you really took away is that he loves to party and maybe it's becoming problematic. This point where he's at now, we're ready. We kind of want to know. And that's not going to make him any less desirable an act. I wonder where he'll be in a couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting to come off the back of the Taylor Swift profile, who at this point was eight years younger than him. And the maturity and wisdom that she exudes in that interview versus this, she very much knows who she is and what she's got to do on the precipice of this big shift, right, from country to pop. He's in a similar space right now, but she beat the odds. She held her ground. I mean, this gives me the vibe of like he's been showing the red carpet into this industry, and now it's probably surprising that there's pushback. Yeah, I feel like he was, I mean, certainly shocked by the Rolling Stone. Yeah. And it didn't do anything for him. Talk about holding things close and not giving anything away. I know. Because how great would the laugh have been when that finally came out, when that aired? I know, but that's, I feel like that takes years to hone. Yeah. It's like Beyonce's not responding to the Dubai concert. What has this taught you as a creative person? In part, I think it's reinforced that it is a really viable way when you're first starting your career to hold things close to the chest. That if you focus on the work, the work is better for it mm-hmm. rather than like focus on like building up this like really public persona or brand or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But then there usually comes a point where people call you in and are like, all right, well, now you need to. Like, I've seen it with writers too. I feel like the Gia Tolentinos of the world, it's like everyone's a fan, everyone's a fan, everyone's like a fan you know, loving the Instagram, loving the articles. And then there comes a point where you're famous enough, like you have a book out, something happens. And then they're kind of like, well, how come you haven't addressed this? I just think that there comes a point like public figures are criticized. Yeah. And he is no different. Like the Rolling Stone expose on the idol was always going to and should always come out because you can't operate in a space without like – being held accountable. No, no one's beyond reproach, especially in this arena. It makes me think about all the various ways that pop stars have responded to criticism and what they're criticized for and how a lot of the times it's valid, like even Taylor Swift and being Mm -hmm. criticized about the Maddie Healy, Ice Spice, everything and her like unwillingness to speak out against racial justice. It's like people have called her out understandably. She's from the South and she, for years of her career refused to say anything political the thing that's not to bring it back but that's frustrating me about taylor swift coverage at the moment is like 
there are a million like outlets and very famed outlets like bandwagoning the power of the Swifties. They're so beholden to them now. Like no one, no one publication wants to be canceled by this behemoth of a fan base. The weekend definitely doesn't have that kind of a built-in like audience. Yeah. No, no one's like exactly like shaking down Ticketmaster because their weekend ticket like didn't go through. But it is funny. I think he feels deserved of that, but he's not put himself out there enough. That's I think to, that's exactly. Yeah. It. I think you only get that when you're super personal. Like totally. the reason Taylor Swift has that is because her fans are like, I know her. I know her. And I she know would her. never do this. She would yes. never do this. Yeah. And it's like nobody knows what the weekend would or wouldn't do. No, it's like he's liable for anything. That's so true. I think it's taught me. And going back, it's funny we took away the same thing of the early years. It's taught me about the belief in yourself to know that you are truly capable. I mean, it sounds like such a platitude and cliche of like, you are capable of whatever you set your mind to. He is living proof that he decided, woke up one day, I'm going to be in the entertainment industry. How do I make that happen? And now I want to be the pop star. And now I want to be the auteur. Like I want to be the director visionary. It's it's very masculine. Yeah. It would be difficult to imagine a woman in this scenario who had the same wherewithal and gumption to be like, I'm going to be on top. Watch me. It's just, I think usually we hate those women. Like usually oh, right, like right, society right, right. hates those oh, women. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to be something huge. And everyone was like, shut up. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> shut <laughs> up. Especially not from Scarborough. We're all Lamar. We're know. like, shut the fuck, shut the fuck up. up. Yeah. <laughs> this was, this was good. I, as in terms of a, a more recent profile, I'm really happy with this because we know we've talked about at length how little access you're afforded in this day and age. And look, the fact that he went to his house where the show was shot, this is pretty good. Yeah. And I think also it's like, it is, a this is a cultural moment. Like I think the idol is doing something interesting right now. People are talking about it. People are like, it feels a little bit like the tides are turning on euphoria. Like people yeah. really are questioning. Yes. The writing was beautiful. There's just one sentence that has stayed with me where Dan writes, he set out to make the show after a decade of ascent in music. It serves as kind of a consecration, a large check. He's finally cashing. Ooh. Of like, I deserve this. I have earned this. I'm cashing the check. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is right up there in Pulitzer territory for me, to be honest with you. This is this is very your vibe. It makes so much sense that you resonated with this. Really? Yeah, I think this is your vibe. Because I think this is nothing like the Drake GQ profile, which was so laden with like, a, it was portraiture, right? Like it was like looking at a Renaissance painting of chaos, This is very toned down and cerebral. It is. It's cerebral, but I feel like you are good at finding... Oh, I like have an example of this, but it would call someone out. Wait, no. Wait, who, who was it? Who would it call out? Who would it call? It was a celebrity, so it's not anyone we know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do this no, because do, we're going to do, do this problem later. We're going to do this profile later, but no, t- you... Um, there was like a quote in a Channing Tatum profile that you and I were both recently oh, yes. reading and you were like, doesn't, don't you think that this, he is like trying to make himself like an everyman here. It's like mm. constantly being interesting. I feel like you're good at like boiling down the things that people are afraid that they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day the table is going to turn and someone's going to point that fucking 
I know. flashlight at me and be like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> wait, wait. What's what's the word? What's the word that AJ used? Oh, um, boastful. Boastful. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my brother, <laughs> my I boyfriend's brother once called me boastful and I've never forgotten. I, I For six months, I... S- couldn't sleep tossed and turned yeah. to the pitter patter of boastful. boastful boastful oh you're just boastful you're just boastful and also now that i've met him i'm like that would shake me no no, no. that would shake me the absolute like chillish chill it just seems like he never really would think about you no at, at all definitely not judge definitely, definitely not, not judge, judge. <laughs> we had to sit around and choose our least favorite and favorite thing about each other and he said boastful was his least favorite thing about me and i cried in six months <laughs> yeah no I, it ruined my birthday it was on my birthday no. ruined my birthday i went to bed before like all of the other crew and then six months later i called him up and I said, boastful six months ago? What was that? that? <laughs> what was that? And he was like, oh, I don't really remember it. Like, sorry. Worst possible like, response. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, I'm, I'm ready for you to absolutely take me down. Like, if I flay me, papa. Yeah. Like, I, I clearly can't take it. Is the <laughs> takeaway? I can certainly dish it out, but I cannot take it. I think that you just pick up on subtext well. I think that's like a part of the the gift here. It's not that you're like critical of people. It's just like when people think that they're getting something by you, I think they're usually not. I don't know if you're like this. Are you aware of how you're being received constantly? No, I never think about that. I'm constantly aware of it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Totally. Even in this podcast, even when we're talking back and forth, just the two of us. If I'm speaking, if I'm kind of presenting a profile to you, I see you tuning out. I see you come back around. <laughs> I'm watching everything. I'm seeing you bristle if I say something slightly politically incorrect, which I know is your Achilles heel. <laughs> I am so, I'm so, so aware of it. And it's almost like I'm out of myself. Like I'm dissociating a little bit. It's really bizarre. But I see that in others as well. And I see what they're saying and how carefully they're choosing their words. And they're even down to their mannerisms, right? I, I can touch oh my God. it all. Whoa. Yeah. The way that I experience a conversation is that I am I have no sense of what I'm doing. I'm just fully focused on the other person. Yeah. No, I would say that that is better. That's probably, that's like being the actor that reacts instead of the narcissistic method actor or whatever. Right, right, right. It's yeah. like I'm about to blow them away. I think it's, for me, it's, it's a comfort thing as well. I want to make sure people are comfortable and I am fulfilling their expectations. And like, we can get into that in a yeah. therapy session. Also feels like a control thing. Oh, it's, it's a control, control thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, God. Totally. It all comes back to the same thing for me. It is a control thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so, me too. So, that's our session. <laughs> that's our session. Up. That's actually it. <laughs> Did you want to schedule a time for next week? Or <laughs> We're going to Venmo request all of you $145. It's higher in the, in the state of California, baby. I know. I just heard, yeah, some three fifty. 350 is 350 your a session no oh my god not me no no not me no no a friend a specialist a really fucked up friend <laughs> no 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 350 a therapy session 350 minutes or 60 minutes 50 minutes wow you better be making some breakthroughs every time i think you can only do that if you're not worried about money because every time yeah it's like how if you've ever been at a concert you paid a lot for you're kind of like every minute counts yes like you're like i hope they come out because no, I paid for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I know. We're leaving this on such an interesting note because we cannot wait to hear your thoughts on the show. Yeah. Thoughts on Weekend, weekend Abel, Bella. however you like to call him. Bella, yeah, that's you know who that there. is. <laughs> <laughs> so please, please tell us, like write in the reviews or DM us directly. And also, this is a, a CTA of sorts. 
any profiles that you absolutely love or celebrities that you would love to hear us dive into and discuss, please let us know. We want to do right by you. Yeah, we Beautiful do. Ago. Absolutely. Desperately want to do right by you. You're our North Star. You keep us on track. You keep me in control, which is what I need the most. I know. <laughs> so you keep shining up there, that star in the sky. And we'll be back soon. We love you. Bye. Bye.